good. Hello uh, and broadcasting hello. Start from the bitch. beautiful Central, Central Coast, Coast of California. California. It's the Doctor Death Danger Radio Show. What? I didn't hear you. I got like fucking loud music going on, and then you're like, "Sorry, you're talking about corpse husband." Hello, listening homies. Welcome back to the Doctor Death Danger Radio Show with your very kind of more chill, tired boys, hosts. Dudes, James and Edward, how's it going? Hey everyone, I'm Edward. Yeah, no, he's not wrong. We perked up a little bit. Um, you know, we came in, we're kind of like, hey, we're trying to save hey. our energy. Yeah, for this we, cast, we perked up. A, I'm a little tired. I got a little year with me. I need to wait for that to work in my system. We uh, we perked up a little bit because we 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 were getting hype about about uh, about um, God of War, Spider Man Two video game, and then of the probably the big thing, fucking Matrix, bro. Oh, yeah, yeah, we're talking about that because fucking all that shit fucking drop. And I'm just like, yeah. marking out. I'm like, bro, dude, new Spider-Man and new Matrix in December. <laughs> Sounds sick. Yeah, man, it's sick. It's a good time to be a fan of things that are cool or nerdy or is the Matrix get, nerdy? Because I don't know. That's some fucking cyberpunk shit. Depending on who you ask, the Matrix is like one of the most uh, it's a very artsy movie. It's a very trippy ass fucking movie. Oh yeah, because like you got like as I was talking about video essays, as they fucking explain the fucking lore of like the whole fucking Matrix and stuff, and we're just right. tripping out. Because like in the trailer, I'm like, okay, how I remember the movie, the third movie ending. Spoiler ish alert, I guess. Both Neo and Trinity are dead, or what we're presumed yeah, to be dead. Presumed dead. But this is like they're in an age of machine technology. They could always, you know, regenerate them and use their body like heat as like their energy source, since that's yeah. what the Matrix is. Which, when I saw Keanu, I was like, okay, are they going to be doing? Are they going to do like a Blade Runner thing? Where like, wait, is is this like not Neo? Is this a clone? And then he's like, am I real? Type of stuff. Is that is it? Like I cyberpunk, cyberpunk identity crisis. Let's yeah, no. go. I need to like rewatch this. You know, we might be reviewing those movies in des- near December time yeah. to build up to the hype for that. Or at least I'm choosing that. Unless Edward wants to debate for something else. I mean, the Matrix films are rad. I I would have said Spider Man years. I would have said Spider Man movies, but I'm like, yeah, no. Like if we're going week by week, we wouldn't be able to like get those done before the movies. So. Yeah, yeah. Like Matrix is three goddamn movies. Yeah. Like no, I like checked in the schedule too. It's literally it's like. We'll be on like if we're still on it for like week by week by week, like literally right before the finale of like this fucking goddamn season of Rock of Fucking Love Bus, <laughs> we'll be doing a Halloween special, which we should discuss that. Yes, we should at some point. Yes, but it's not October. It's not so, September. Yeah, it's September. So speaking of September, so we'll brainstorm on that one yeah. for a Halloween special because. I would rather do that than fucking Brett Michaels. Yes. You know, speaking of September, it's right before October. And right before October is November. And it rains in November. Rains. We never ranked the Guns N' Roses album. All right. This will be over. quick. We got four. I'll tell you. I'll tell you mine. All okay. right. Use your illusion. All right. From. T- okay. From good to bad. <laughs> For me, use your illusion part two. 
Appetite, use your illusion part one. Friggin' Chinese Democracy, boom, they're, they're done. Easy. Four fucking See, albums. See, I think that all four of these... Uh, do you think there's going to be someone out there that's like, why didn't you listen to the spaghetti? It's oh, it's a goddamn covers album. <laughs> um, what was I going to say? Uh, I feel like all four of these can, albums can be contender. I think these are all pretty good albums. I don't... We, I mean, we didn't listen to any that was bad, I thought. Use Your Illusion 1, I actually thought was going to be your least favorite. Uh, just because I remember when we liked it, you were it not vibing more, with the yeah, first half. Yeah, but it had more life than Chinese Democracy. That is true. That's literally like what helps it. And November Rain. Oh, yeah, bro. November Rain. That yeah. November Rain equals buys. Yeah. If I had to guess, yes. I don't know. Um, I feel like I would have put Appetite like normal, but I don't know, man. Use Your Illusion 2 kind of fucked. Yeah, it like no, usually there's two fucks pretty hard. I think I, I see, I don't know. I, I was thinking about it too. I'm like, what would I put over it? I, I think what I'm gonna do is uh Fuck, I think we have the same list. I was gonna I was gonna go uh I was gonna go appetite and I'm I'm gonna stick with appetite, but then use your illusion too, and then uh I'm not sure where to put one in Chinese democracy because on one hand Use Your Illusion has November Rain, but that's kind of the best song on there. Not kind of, it is. And it's kind of the main reason to even listen to that album. Yes. The Chinese Democracy, yeah, it didn't. Ha I agreed with what you said. And Live and Let Die is also on there, too. Oh, yeah, yeah, that one's really good. What else is on friggin'? Um, there's the Alice oh, Cooper the, song. Yeah, the, there's the Garden. There's Coma. Coma. Which is pretty okay for the last one. And there's four Don't minutes. Cry, like the normal version. Yeah, yeah, that one was good. Yeah, oh, but, I like Dust and Bones, too. But I feel like. Maybe I, like, I put it. Yeah, I think I'll put it. I think it I like maybe two or three more songs on Use Your Illusion Part 2 more. Yeah, I think you're right. Um. Yeah, no, same list, I guess. I <laughs> so know. there we go. Ooh, dangerous. But hey, you know what? Guns N' Roses is great, and you all should listen yeah. to Guns N' Roses. I'm not going to doubt that. I walked away as a ghetto. Guns N' Roses, pretty fucking killer-ass band. I guess there's some... I like piano. I like Piano Roses a lot. <laughs> like, yeah. I know, I've known Appetite forever, but Piano Roses, fucking... That was new. It rips. Yeah, it, it does. It fucks. It fucks. You know, I guess there's some contention with the Guns N' Roses fans. I mean, there always is. But specifically, uh, it started with I was seeing people talk about their choices in drummers. They A lot of folks like their original drummer from the first one to the Illusions because he had, I guess, more of a swing style, I guess. But every drummer they've had since then is just kind of, you know, just another drummer. But then there's just a, another guy. But then there's also this is the interesting thing. There's a contention of fans that are kind of disappointed. We didn't see more of they call it the um, um, the CD lineup. Of Guns N' Roses, which is basically everyone that was in the band from Chinese Democracy's release until 2016 when uh, Slash and Duff McKagan came back. Duff Partially, McKagan. And the the idea, the feeling is, is that they felt that that lineup had a lot of potential that wasn't fully realized, especially because, like I said... Chinese Democracy was almost a triple album, so they recorded a lot of music, and a lot of that music is still unreleased. I think there's leaks, but a lot of people were like, man, kind of wish we could have seen more of what they can do, and apparently they were working on a new album, but then Slash and, but then Slash and Duff came back, and now they're working on an album together, so it probably won't be whatever they were working on. And I could kind of see that, because on one hand, it's like, ah... Oh, You'll never know what that lineup. Yeah, what was done. that fucking slash picture you sent to me last oh. night? 
So I was driving and I was tripping the fuck out. I was like, wait, what? I, I don't get it. Oh, no, there was nothing. There was nothing to get. I was just chilling. Um, and I saw some some live GNR footage and I was like, OK. But then I just saw Slash there and he's wearing a Colonel Sanders shirt. But instead of KFC, it just says FCK. And I just he's in his top hat. He's looking all old and saggy. Yeah, he looks old, saggy, saggy and green. He looks like Chris Jericho. <laughs> he looks like like a parallel universe of Chris Jericho right here. And I don't know why I just saw that. It spoke something to me. And so I, I shared it with my best buds. Yeah, and then I was tripping the fuck out because this was like one in the morning. I'm like, oh, fuck, you're awake. Oh, God, we should totally discuss our fucking plans for today. <laughs> yeah. And here we are. Yes. And here we are. And here we go. Do you want to jump into the music? Fuck, it was might as well. I was hammering this out. Okay, so we listened this week to a woman named Sinead O'Connor. As we randomly picked it out of the... Thousand and one albums you must hear. Before you die. Before you die. You die. So we decided the Destiny picked us to listen to Sinead O'Connor's. I hope I listened to the right album. It's the first one, right? It was the one with her in like the black background. Oh, uh, yeah. I don't want what I have. What I do not have. Oh, thank God. Yeah. that w- That's actually the second album. But yes, you listened to the right one. The Make first- good sure. <laughs> you know, I actually had that theory, too, because I forgot which one we were supposed to listen to. And I'm I was like, like I just, fuck. I'm like, it's Sinead it's something O'Connor. <laughs> it's the angry bald lady on yeah. SNL that ripped up the Pope. I think yeah. that was the same episode with fucking Steven Seagal on there. Oh, fuck. Are you right? It might be a notorious, notoriously fucking sketchy episode of SNL. Which I guess, you know, could talk about that for a second. Just and like, Sinead was my- the tamest one. It's yeah. fucking Steven Seagal. Who doesn't do jokes? Why the fuck is he on SNL then? Because when did this happen? 94 or something? Well, Steven Seagal was still seen as cool at that point. So that's the whole reason. Well, he's still seen as <laughs> suck in my, my point of view. <laughs> but yeah, no. So that incident, uh, that was really interesting because it happened. Um, she did that. Apparently, no one knew she was going to do that while they were doing rehearsals. She held up like a picture of like a refugee child or whatever. And it's like, oh, okay. But uh, then during the thing, she holds up the Pope right after during her song. She says the word evil and then rips it up because, um, you know, corrupt Catholicism. Yeah. And which then is, fucking being pedophilic assholes, which is the fun. It's just interesting. Like, it's genuinely interesting because when that happened, crowd didn't know how to react. Right. But then next week, Joe Pesci uh, was the host. And he had that picture and he had it taped up and he showed us like I taped it back and everyone's like, woo, yeah, yeah, Christianity. And he's like, I would have given her such a smacking that he said that on on TV. And then Madonna got all pissed at Sinead O'Connor because that's different, though, because I feel like every time a female artist gets big, Madonna always has to try to rain on their fucking parade. She did it here. She tried to do it with Lady Gaga. But the point I'm getting at is that when she did that, that was like six or eight years before the Pope at the time acknowledged, yeah, there's kind of been a lot of cover-ups for a hundred year, hundreds of years about the fucked shit that uh, the Popes do. And nowadays, and then, and nowadays, the, the fact that all that happened is like common knowledge. So she was, so not musically, but socially super ahead of the time. She was very aware of the situation. Well, she's from Ireland, which is about as Catholic as it gets. Yeah. So she's kind of in the midst of it. And um, she's not she was never really super like open about her religion uh, But I guess a couple years ago, she converted to Islam. 
but she still goes by Sinead O'Connor. I don't know. As long but as interesting like, lady. I don't know. She's a very, in- <laughs> very interesting lady. And uh, Islam is the oldest form of religion. So. It is, yeah. Like a lot of people convert to Muhammad Ali. Ice tea. No, not Ice tea. Ice cube. Why does that seem more weirder? No, wait. I'm sorry. I think he converted to Muslim. I'm not, he did. Yes, I do apologize. I I'm not educated. The difference. No, between no, Islam that was my bad. I, I got it wrong. I got it wrong. But yes, she did. She converted straight up to Islam. She even uh, she's even posted pictures of her wearing the thing the women wear the hajib. I think. Yeah. So. Oh yeah, I just realized we don't have some fucking guy ripping in on drums next door to us. You can actually crack open the door. Oh fuck yeah. Let's yeah. Get was, some air. Yeah. Fresh ass air, son. It gets hot in here. Yeah, man. We suffer for you, peeps. <laughs> Especially <laughs> listening to... I'm curious what your opinion is on Sinead O'Connor, but I could, you could tell me. I'm just like... Well, listen to this album is kind of a fucking chore. Not gonna lie. Okay, we're gonna start at the we're gonna we're gonna Tarantino it. We're gonna start at the ending, but not the whole ending, and then we're gonna go back. Yes. Overall, it took some time to grew on me, but when it grew on me, I was kind of down. This album's a trip. Yes, <laughs> this album's a trip. Yes, it is. Much like the woman herself. Well, yeah, we were just describing. Yeah, we were talking about it. Uh, so yeah, uh, track one, it's called feel so different, an interesting way to open the album. It's a slow opener with very pretty strings. And I must say she has a very nice voice. I haven't heard her sing in a long time. She's got a nice singing voice. The song sounds like an opening to a movie. It's kind of like, um, just all cinematic, but it's nice. It sounds like lyrically it's a song about identity and you can hear passion when she sings, which is a nice fucking break from Brett Michaels. Oh my fucking God. So I vibed, with, like, uh, you I vibed with I vibed with it. I just wrote down, well, this was a pretty freaking epic depressive piece. <laughs> it's sick. And I'm like, I guess it opens up that like whoever Sinead O'Connor is, I'm not very aware of her, but she has fucking resources on this album. Yeah. This is 1990. I don't think they were having fucking MIDI packs where they could program their symphonic shit. This was actually- I think they had to bring in a whole fucking crew of peeps to fucking play it. According to um, Wikipedia, this album was actually recorded in ni- from 1988 to 89. And Well, it does feel like- there is some real 80s sounding moments on here. It just seems like there's some really 80s sounding equipment. Yeah. Before I don't end, know enough to name drop what the equipment is, but you can hear it in the sound. Yeah. Now, I could also say, though, like, there's, it's kind of hard. This also kind of goes as the album. Sometimes a lot of the backing tracks are just kind of playing the same thing. I've noticed that. Yeah, yeah. Like, the only top line is Shanae, and sometimes her vocals are very mixed low or very... You know, just delay, reverb. Yeah, there's a lot of reverb on She's this She's got album. wet, her vocals are pretty wet, and, free, and sometimes it's like, it gets pretty droney, not gonna lie. But, like, for sure, this first song, if you like cool-sounding, scory, cinematic piece, and she sounds yeah. hella depressed, then fucking, this is, this <laughs> is you, call it? Would you call it an epic, depressive piece? Yes. <laughs> it's really good. The song doesn't fucks. It makes love to you, but it feels really bad about it, I guess. I don't know. Track number two. You looked at me very weird after this. I look. I thought I had an analogy there, but I so did. We, okay, I no, had to try. The song's very weird. <laughs> As I said, there's a lot of resources in a song uh, to describe a very like a very personal struggle in her life. Yes. Track number two is "I Am Stretched on Your Grave," which is uh, apparently derived from I think a 16th or 17th by 
uh, a 16th or 17th century Irish poem. Has a sexy 90s beat behind it. I like the bass line. It's a cool, it's cool. It's a cool song. It has this really like dope break at the end where I think someone's just going really ham on, was that a fiddle? It's some stringed instrument that's like in the violin fiddle family. But no, I liked it. See, for me, I wrote down, bro, this kind of dragged because it's literally the same fucking backbeat the whole entire time. Yeah, I already complained because like the only top line is Shonae, but even Shonae, I don't know where she's changing. Like, I don't know when a chorus is happening or anything. Yeah, I noticed that in this song. Um, yeah, no, it's like you said, it just kind of keeps going. Yeah, it just kind of kept going till we got some fiddler on the roof kind of shit near the end. <laughs> I'm just like, okay. It's, I thought that sounded cool, though. It's and not- it made me think of Alfred Molina, and I want to go watch videos of him. Oh. Alfred Molina, that's that's a pull. Butterfingers. <laughs> Track three, which is, I believe this is one of the singles, uh, called is called Three Babies. I wrote here... Another slow one, a lot of reverb, reverb. Not sure how to comment on it, but there were strings and a nice acoustic guitar. It sounded aesthetically pleasing. I wrote down kind of maybe the same. I can easily zone out here. Yeah. Oh, and the reason I said Alfred Molina, because there's like a video of him on like Spider-Man 2 with him with the green screen as he starts just like doing his like shtick for filler on the roof. Because oh. I think after Spider-Man 2, he went to go, like, do Fiddler on the Roof. In, I like, think Broadway. you're right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but there's a hilarious video of just like... Oh, that's good. Sorry, I got more excitement out of watching Alfred Molina videos out of the week than Shadea uh-huh. Connor. Sorry, listeners. Uh, so what did you, did you, did you just give your thoughts? Cause all I remember now, oh wait, no. Yeah. You said it wanted to make you go watch Alfred Molina. No, okay. it just maybe it was kind of maybe the same and I easily zoned out here. That's right. That's right. <laughs> it was like, fuck dude. Track four is the emperor's new clothes. Not, not groove. Hot boom, baby. It's a nice pop song. It's got a good beat and it's catchy. There's like, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's like a bell or some shit on a xylophone, but you, you, it's subtle and you don't hear it right away, but it's backing up the percussion. Maybe it's just because of the mix, but yeah, no, but once you hear it, it enhances it. That was probably the most noteworthy thing about it, but I, I was like the little touches, but I like this one too. What our Emperor's New Clothes is like the actual one song that I think resembled a little bit of some freaking varying song structure. I thought you for some reason you were going to say it was the one song that resembled a song. <laughs> I can say that. Definitely. It just resembled more of a freaking actual song. I wrote that was a fun song. Like, yeah, it's I a like fun it. poppy tune. I like it. I have a feeling this is like, I don't know what like helps you like make you want to go get the album. Yeah. No, if I heard this on the radio, I'd be like, ooh, who's. Ooh. Well, I, if I, I'll check out Sinead O'Connor. I probably wouldn't have known how to pronounce the name if I didn't have it said to me. So I'm like, who the heck is Sinad O'Connor? Synad? Yeah, it's real Synad. When I try to look it up, I kept on putting an like SH. Yeah, yeah. Like a Shinad. That's I put that. down like Shinad O'Connor, but it was like, oh, it's like a Synad. Yeah, yeah. Shinad O'Connor. Just Irish tings. Shinad O'Connor. Track five Trigger, is a- not stirred. Cool Ranch Dressing. Cool. Uh, track five is a folk song called Black Boys on Mopeds. I'm going to be honest. I don't. What is this name? Ty- Dude, she has some wild ass fucking titles on this goddamn album. I think the. Like, I didn't pay attention. All I have is just the number of the song. But yeah, what yeah, was yeah. that? Black Boys on Mopeds? Black Boys on Mopeds. I think she has to have some of the. Lo- what the fuck is going on in Ireland? <laughs> um. What isn't going on in Ireland, bro? That's a good question. Yeah, no, I I think she probably has to have some of the longer, like some of the longest song titles, uh, or like for albums or whatever, and quirky titles. It's the only one I could think of that maybe beats her is Fiona Apple. 
who's another quirky 90s female that's debatably crazy. But anyway, yeah, um, I wrote here, I'm not sure what it's about. I know she name drops Margaret Thatcher in the first line, who I think committed... Margaret Thatcher! Who I think committed war crimes? Yeah, Margaret Thatcher was a pretty shitty uh, prime minister, I guess, in, like, yeah. for the UK. Oh, my God. Funny. I don't know specifically what, like, the, like, friggin' spark notes of edition yeah. of Margaret Thatcher. I just know the SNL skit, where it's, like, punk history, where friggin', like, oh, God, who's that one dude? Oh. Um, it was like Bill Hader's homie. That's on Portlandia. Oh, was that oh, Will Forde? Is it not? I don't know if it's Will Forde. I mean, Will he's Forte. the one that wears glasses and stuff. Fred Armisen? Yes. Oh, that guy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's like a hilarious one too, where he's like, it was like freaking. They did like a whole like punk band skit, where it's like, oh yeah, he was always pissing everything the cups, the people, and then it's like Margaret Thatcher gets into like. He's like, oh, you're gonna get it, Margaret. And then he's just writing. It's like, oh, Iron Lady. He's like, wait, what? Is this satirical? It's like, yeah, come yeah. on. Oh, man. But it's like funny. It's like, oh, no, this person really like Margaret. That, like, the main dude, like, is like freaking Ian Buzzard or something was the character. Yeah. Oh, I haven't seen that skit in years. Yeah, no, it's a hilarious skit. And then Freya <coughs> is just like, why do you like Margaret Thatcher? She reminds me of my mom. You know what that reminds me of? Two th well, one funny story. There was a lady that came in. I was helping her in the kids section, and she was buying books for a school. And she said, uh, "I came. I went up to her. I'm like, hey, can I help you find anything?" And she said, "Yeah, I need some books about. Um, I need some books about historical figures for my school. Um, mostly women because we're kind of low. But can I? Is it possible I can find something that doesn't have Coco Chanel because she was a Nazi?" And I'm thinking to myself, like that one Family Guy moment with Peter Quagmire. I'm like, what the fuck? Who starts a conversation like that? I think she. Yeah. I think she's very like straight to the point. And then she named. And then we, like and then, she literally said, "Hey, can I get like not Coco Chanel? She's kind of a Nazi." Yeah. Well, I think. <laughs> well, I can sure I helped, help you on that one. I helped her to the kids' bio section and just let her be. But I brought. It's funny you mentioned that the Margaret Thatcher thing because you brought I, Margaret Thatcher. No, no, no. It's funny I mentioned the Margaret Thatcher thing because. Margaret Thatcher came up and she said, yeah, she's problematic too. Yeah. It reminds me, did you ever see the, did you ever watch the Eric Andre show that he had a woman guest on and he, he asked her, she, he was like, so yeah, do you think Margaret Thatcher, you know, could be considered like a girl boss, you know? And the lady's like, oh yeah, I think she's blah, blah, blah. This night. Yes, and he, committing war crimes. No, but that's it. And then he goes, uh-huh. And, uh, what do you think about, uh, the rumors about her committing war crimes? And then the lady goes, well, I don't know about that, but you know what? Let me let me retract that statement and research this issue. See if I want to commit to old Margaret Thatcher. But basically, yeah, black boys on mopeds. If you like Bob Dylan, or uh, this is really this has been really popular in the new tens. Um, if you like girls singing with just acoustic guitars, uh, I think you'll like this song. I wrote down this is a coffee shop ballad. Oh my god, it is. It was good though. Like I'm not saying the song was bad. Makes me want a macchiato. But it was a total coffee shop ballad. Just yeah. you got the fucking bald lady posted up in the corner <laughs> with an acoustic ripping, guitar. Yeah, just ripping it on her songs. Black boys on mopeds. <laughs> Makes me want a macchiato. Macchiatos <laughs> shouldn't even exist. You know what macchiatos are? They're drinks no. where. The milk's at the bottom, the uh, the espresso's on top of the drink, but in a latte is just the milk's on top and the espresso's at the bottom. There's like no difference, but it exists. I only care because we just got a drink at work. It's the tastiest fucking thing ever. It's an apple crisp 
macchiato. Oh, bro. It tastes like you're drinking an apple pie. It's so trill. I'm sure that's a delicious drink, but I just know how hella sugary that shit is. Oh, it is. Oh, it's so sweet. Oh, no. I'm a fucking psychopath and just drink my coffee straight black. Oh, no. I do, too. I Yeah. Like, I'm here for the caffeine. I'm not here for fucking pleasure. <laughs> I'm here to fucking make sure I survive the day. That's true. So, tracks. These are my goals. So, tracks. Hashtag girl boss, bro. <laughs> Hashtag bro boss. <laughs> bro boss. So, track six is um her biggest song. Is that uh, it was? Yeah, nothing compares to you, which you probably know is a Prince cover. You didn't know that? No, <laughs> I didn't research this shit. I just come in. I think that's actually the most like you actually catch my genuine reactions. <laughs> I just go and listen, and I'm just like, all right, I'm just throwing this on, and I'll tell you what I thought of it firsthand. Listen, nothing more, oh, nothing man. less. That's good. So this is just like, oh. Fuck. Wow, you just killed credibility. Damn it. Because I just wrote down, hey, I kind of like this song. Hey, I kind of liked, let's see. Was I, it like when you found, when you remembered that uh, Live and Let Die was a Paul McCartney song? Yeah, and I'm just like, oh, damn it. And I was like, I, it's kind of like the first song. It's very scory, but at the same time, it's a pretty rad song. And I realized, oh, she didn't make it. She just took it from To Prince. be fair, it is a cover, but it does sound a lot different. Yeah, it sounds pretty different than his. Yeah, but like... She it just, is still a cover. It's though. still a cover. It's like... Do you know the story about her? And, and it's her biggest song? What? Yeah, it's her biggest charting song. If you go on her Spotify, for instance, this song has 19 million plays and the second highest one has like two or three million. Bruh. <laughs> Do you... Well, I also found out that, you know, the do- song Who Let the Dogs Out... Yeah. That's a cover song, too. Oh, didn't we talk about this? Yeah, I it's thought? kind of based yeah. on a cover, because I watched a whole Vice video of them talking about it, and it's from another dude that had a song called Doggy, and, like, they kind of, like, it's not really a cover, but at the same time, it's, like, the same hook, though. Is it kind of, is it kind of like how Justin Bieber, like, jacked the chorus for this one song from the 90s called Love Me, Love Me, Say That You Love Me, and he just, he took it for the chorus of one of his songs? Dude, if we're gonna talk about fucking pop artists that rips off fucking Eurodance songs, <laughs> just fucking look up that lady Ava Max literally oh like, shit. I listen to her shit and I'm like dude I've heard all these fucking like <laughs> melodies and fucking different songs in the 90s now if she's like like if no one hasn't listened to all the fucking Eurodance that I somehow have listened to you, you listen to a lot of Eurodance no shockingly like sorry Sinead O'Connor I guess you're not interested to talk about total quick uh. rant for me bro I like found out like all these like freaking like my bass player and all his like homies, like you know, like the friggin' good friends, the Foster brothers oh, yeah, and shit. Yeah. I hear like they work at the smokehouse in like Cayucas, and like all they do is bump this one artist scooter all day. And then like Jackson one day is like, "Oh yeah, have you heard of scooter?" I'm like, "Fuck, I've I've known a scooter for a couple years now." <laughs> I'm just shocked. Like, how the fuck you figure out? How the hell you learn scooter? How the hell did I get the scooter? And it's like a total <laughs> meme. Like literally, the last local show is that like fucking last week fucking the homie like the good fred good fred i need to remember his fucking name for a second sterling so much for being like, a good friend yeah no well i don't talk to him that much no, i know i know like friend but yeah sterling. but yeah no he came up to me it's like oh hey jesse wants to talk to you like i don't know i haven't really talked to jesse what does he want to talk to me about he wants to talk to you about scooter why <laughs> 
Oh, that's great. It's that's a, great. No, it's a fucking becoming a local meme to some peeps. It's like, yeah, bro, I listen to the scooter. So, like, I post my story all the time. I was like, bro, fucking morning's fucking hell, bro. I'm throwing off some scooter. Time to get this shit started. Dude, are you... Slam scooter. Listen to scooter and slam coffee. Bro, be a scooter gatekeeper. Scooter hipster. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out how the fuck I got the scooter, but I think I got the scooter through Groove Converge. Like a Groove Converge playlist. Is that or Hard Bass? It's one of the two. It's like I figured that'd come more from Groove from Groove Diverge than Hard Bass. Groove Converge. That's what I said. You said, like, said Groove Converge. No, you said that. Oh, maybe I did. <laughs> no, I said Like that. Groove Converge is all right. Like yeah. they got like one awesome song and then their other awesome songs that freaking Alice Cooper cover. Really? Yeah, it's Which poison. one they... Oh, okay. You know, i played it before. You have. That's right. It took me a minute. Oh, yeah. Sinead O'Connor. Where the fuck we at? Do oh, you know the story about her and Prince? What's the story of Sinead O'Connor and Prince? Okay, so... Did it get freaky? No. That well, is very disappointing. Okay, so... Please tell me they got freaky. So she covered that song and didn't, like, tell him that she was covering it. She just did it. And then after it came out, he summoned... In her own words, he summoned her to his house and apparently... He said he didn't like this is a direct quote from her. He didn't like me saying bad words in my interviews. So I told him to fuck off and he got quite violent. I had to escape out of his house at five in the morning. He packed a bigger punch than mine. And then in her book, which just came out this year, apparently some of the shit that happened was weird things like. He kept having his butler trying to serve her soup, even though she didn't want soup. And apparently, he hit her with a hard object in place of a pillowcase after wanting a pillow fight. And allegedly, Shanae O'Connor won the pillow fight. No, Prince wanted a pillow fight. <laughs> and apparently, he stalked her with his car after she left his house for a bit. Prince was an insane man. He was a very insane man. <laughs> And maybe his punch comes from his hip power. I don't know. I just know apparently Prince punches pretty hard. I just know that Sinead Prince... Sinead O'Connor's not the first person to and say that. And I know that. that Prince also fucks really hard. <laughs> and punching In more com- ways than two. And punching, punching power tends to come from the hips. So I presume he has impervious hip, hip, <laughs> hip explosion. Oh, man. Never change, Prince. Well, he can't change. He's dead, but yeah, still. Unfortunate. He's a, he's a meme. Great artist. Yes. Weird dude. He's fucking weird. Like, Don't be punching ladies, bro. Like, I remember when Prince died, you had a, a, had a bunch of also, people. Nate O'Connor was like, I, t- I don't know what's going on. I don't want Prince to. never talked about it, so. Hey, you know that fucking Marvel show on Disney Plus called What If? Yeah. Where it just has the character, the, the watcher, as yeah, he like, yeah. hangs out and watch scenarios. If I had to choose a superpower, could I be like that dude right now so I could go and watch what the fuck happened Watch here? what happened with Sinead O'Connor and Prince. Well, aren't you curious No, now? I'm really curious. Prince wanted a pillow fight. I mean... Also, could I also watch him destroy fucking Charlie like Murphy in basketball? <laughs> while wearing his fucking Purple Rain outfit? Oh my god, I love Prince, dude. Literally, it's like, can I just be the watcher and just watch Prince's life? Like every day you wake up at something like there has to be like an hour out of the day oh of like Prince's life. You go like, dude, what the fuck is going on here? Yeah. You know, I remember when he died, there was a lot of people like, oh, man, they killed Prince. They, they said that they said they the music industry or whoever the government killed Prince. And then someone who knew him was like, listen, Prince was a great guy, but he was also weird. Near the end of his life, Prince got in mindsets where he thought he didn't need to eat or drink water consistently because he's Prince. 
So I'm, yeah, he was, yeah. That was bef- and he was weird before he became a Jehovah's Witness. He knew uh, he was a Jehovah's Witness, right? No. Yeah, Prince became a Jehovah's Witness. There's a lot of Prince I don't know about. He used to say he didn't celebrate birthdays because <clears throat> I only have one birthday, the day I was born. So then I forget about birthdays. And then I forget about time. And then I can still keep looking this good. <laughs> I think we have a Sinead O'Connor album that we need to get back to. <laughs> I fucking love Prince. Track seven's called Jump in the River. It's a rock song. It's mid-paced, but still has its pop roots. I liked it. It's simple, but good. Um, I like the different layers of instruments. It even had feedback at one point, and I'm not going to lie. I popped for the noise. I was like, fuck yeah, feedback. Yeah, for me, I wrote down... Uh, I was just like, good friend Dylan. I wrote down... It's kind of like a post-punk song here. It definitely just seemed like a post-punk song. I didn't hear that at the time, but I can hear that now. Yeah. Yeah. Track eight. Question. You like ballads? Although I feel like I could have asked that for a couple of these songs. It's called You Cause As Much Sorrow. It's another good song. Acoustic guitar, simple drum beat. Um, It's really all there is, but I I still liked it. So here on this song, I totally zoned the fuck out because I was reading about Saw- the freaking thra- German thrash world band Sodom pulling out of a shitty fucking metal festival because they were hosting a bunch of national socialist black metal bands. And like all their fans were fucking freaking on their shit. It's like, why the fuck you on this bill? Do you support this shit kind of thing? And it took them a minute to get off. And then like there's people like, oh, finally you got the you finally now decide to get off the damn bill. Like, what took you so long? It was like this shitty fucking festival that's always been hosting, like, garbage, like, National Socialist black metal bands. And you were reading that while the Sinead O'Connor song was on. Like, no, I was reading this whole fucking article because, like, it finally wrapped up all the draw because Saw eventually left off the bill. And I just missed this whole song because then I realized I was in the next song. I was like, I'm not going back to the goddamn next song. (laughs) This is all my notes. This song zoned me the fuck out. Okay. Track nine is Last Day of Our Acquaintance. One of the biggest hits uh, off this album besides the Prince song. It sounds like a breakup song. It's pretty good. It's just her and acoustic guitar. I found it really engaging. Then in the last minute, she pulls a fucking Phil Collins and then the drum and bass come in and she just starts it just starts going ham on strumming the guitar. I liked it. I liked the build up. Yeah, this seemed like an upbeat acoustic, but also to note, I was wrapping up reading about <laughs> getting off a of fucking steel fest. But remember, like it sounded good. But yeah, sorry. Yeah. I don't have too much insight on those past two songs. Now, the last song, I kind of want to hear your thoughts first. It's the title track, I Do Not Want What I Have, What I Do Not, I Do Not Want What I Haven't Got. And it's it's acoustic, but it's all vocally acoustic. It's no, acapella. Yes, it's just her voice singing about stuff. And it goes on for five minutes. Yeah, I just wrote out. It's just her singing. Nothing. Good voice. But yeah. I don't care. I like it's just her doing fucking singing poetry acapella. I was like, bro, what the fuck? I um, this album's definitely fucking throwing shit at you. I uh, I heard it and I, I am not going to lie. I liked it a lot, but I don't think it should have been five minutes. It feels no. like two or three. Okay. It sounds it sounds kind of haunting and sad, too. It feels like it should be like in a trailer for something. In a trailer for something. But, yeah. Yeah. It was all right. Yeah. Uh, I like voice. the album. 
All right, so my quick summary, I wrote down, like, artistically, this felt unique for the most part, and, like, nothing got to be more the same, and it seems it's very more poet-based, like, poetry-based. Mm-hmm. Like, these are all more lyrics-based, or backing tracks are just more, like, solid, dr- like, just repeats. Sometimes it gets very droney. Yeah. But then I didn't have much time, like, but I didn't have that much time on listening to this. Why the fuck did I say that? <laughs> I like I only listened to, I only listened to the what I was like whatever and then I wrote down like I could see this being groundbreaking in the year of our Lord 1990. Fair enough. Believe me, if you have fucking Brett Michael still existing, I'm sure this seems like acting musically challenging. But this, it's a fucking weird album. This album was written at the end of the 80s and came out in 1990. So Metallica and Nirvana haven't completely changed the game yet. So it's a, that period of like late 80s to the year 1990 and 91 is, is I've said this before it's a very interesting time period. Like literally she is a very weird artist yes. who somehow had very very great resources. Yes. Like her production on this album was huge. Yeah. Like huge. And this but her is songs her... are so weird. <laughs> Uh, that's interesting. By the way, really quick, I wanted to double check um, the amount of listens on our song. So I got the numbers wrong. Nothing Compares to You has at this moment 192 million hit- listens. The next song she has is 20 million. And then after that, it's like nine, nine and seven because the phone only shows the top five. But do you want to know the fucking funny thing? The song that has 20 million views is called All Apologies, which is a Nirvana song. <laughs> Is there top two songs fucking covers? Yeah. And it's a gap. There's there's 170 million listens between the Prince song and the Nirvana song. And then there's uh, 11 million views between that and then her original material. It's yeah, not a, It's not a half bad cover. I have a feeling her original material doesn't hold up to par to the cover songs that like help her have a relevant career. Yo, put it at the mic. See, now I can hear it. She, I can, I feel like she's like probably been a super influence on indie pop. She's something. Like, I could sense her being influential and like her as an artist is challenging as like, I felt challenged listening to this. (laughs) But like no no they're not like Axel just challenges like whereas like I need to take breaks it's just like it was a fucking trip to listen to. Fair enough, but I can say I liked it. Will I go back and listen to her other albums? Maybe someday, not soon, but maybe someday, in my own time. I don't know unless like the fucking book makes us listen to another Sinead O'Connor album. I feel like the only other album that would be on here is her first one, but I somehow don't think so. Whatever. Whatever. I'm more curious what, like, their first one, uh, one. It's like, okay, how the hell does Sinead O'Connor become this massive of a pop star? Well, it's called Lion and the Cobra, and it came out in 87. Okay. That's all I know about it. I didn't check out any songs. All right, then. But two songs from that album are in her top five on Spotify, so I guess that says something. You know, maybe that might be more of a normal sounding yeah i don't know don't tell me like me coming from this where it's like oh and then listen to her first record it's like i didn't feel challenged on this one what is this i'd feel disappointed if it was more straightforward maybe. maybe i don't know but yeah good album uh what are we listening to next do you want to do that now or do you want to do that at the end of the podcast yeah we could do it at the end i guess okay let me get the timestamp for brett 
Great radio. Do you want me to just start? Yeah, go for it. Okay, so Rock of Bus season three. Trigger warning. This episode, like James had told me a couple days ago, bro, like no cap. This episode just sucks. I'm like, fuck. I wrote I, the, I <clears throat> think I just always like, dude, this episode drags. Drags, yeah. And like there was tr- the trigger warning is because there were some times I was like getting upset watching this. And I don't mean like, oh, like, were you trying this- to review this? And then like, because we were supposed to record earlier, but was this episode really upset? He was like, dude, I can't do this episode. Well, like not in this too quick. I didn't have that. Around. I didn't have that luxury because I kept putting it off all week. So I watched it last night at about midnight. Because I fell asleep. I was going to watch it earlier, but I fell asleep. So I watched it late at night. That's why I was up. <laughs> and, uh, man, I tell you, there was some points where I'm just literally in my head. I'm just like, oh, my God, fuck you. Or, oh, my God, shut up. So, yeah, this is either going to be a this isn't going to be a fun episode to talk about. But hopefully it might be a fun episode to listen to us talk about. Because, bro, aren't the best Brian and Vinny episodes the one where Brian's just having an aneurysm yelling at things? Oh no, dude, it's fucking hilarious. Dude, I'm literally deciding to like, all right, I started in late 1999 WCW. I'm I just want to re-listen to all of 2000 again. Just to see hear how horrible freaking WCW, WCW was. And obviously now since like unfortunately Daphne passed away, I guess it'd be nice to listen to hear how awesome she was during that fucking yeah, train sure. wreck of a time period. For sure. I'm just trying to remember is like, okay, I think the worst episode Ever, which is a very, very high threshold for WCW, was like the fucking one where they had to escape the cage match where there was a roof on the cage and fucking horrible cameras set up. And That's like these right. luchadors just kind of bullshitted whatever awkwardly. It was a horrible, horrible match. I'm trying to remember horrible, if that was in the, I'm trying to remember if that was in the book. I don't know. Like, freaking. Like, it literally, like, listening through those fucking episodes, Brian's, Mr. Alvarez just goes, like, dude, I, I have to revise the book again. This is so many times where I'm sitting like, no, this is the turning point. This is the worst. No, forget all this stuff. But like, he's like, I might have to revise the book again. Remember we were watching this shit. That's funny. All right, but <clears throat> talk about a fucking shitty show as yes. we are now on the fucking season that definitely jumped the fucking shark. Oh. I don't know when it jumped the shark, I just but we're all past did. the shark and it's bad. We're past the shark. Now, we're we're reaching th- polar ice caps. No, it's not WCW 2000 bad. No. But that's at least funny. Yeah, that we're aware of. That we're aware of. There's a point where it gets just bad. I know. I know. I think you and I tried to throw on one of those episodes once just to kill time. We're like, bro, this is like awful. (laughs) This is just fucking awful. (laughs) Oh, man. All right. But. So it's the morning. Kimberly Page is there. Yeah. And Tori Wilson's there. I always forget she's there. Stacey Keebler's there, too. Fuck, even Daphne's it. Dude, there's like way cooler tricks. And what the fuck we're stuck with? Fuck. These ladies suck. So spoiler the, alert. Oh, no. And here's Quentin the Tarantino. It. Yeah. Spoiler alert. It's not just our opinion that the that the girls on this season suck. It is canon within the context of this show that the girls suck. What do I mean by that? Well, Tarantino time. Let's go back to the beginning. All right. To recap last episode, the ladies had to play roadies and lingerie and basically yeah. get beat up by fucking solid equipment. They got their asses kicked, especially yes. Taya. Beverly got her Mac on with the drummer, which, uh, you know, pissed off Mr. Brett Michaels. Small PP Brett. And then Marcia left because yeah. she was just hanging out partying. Yeah, because Ashley went, as you said, total Brett Justice Warrior and was like, Marcia gave away his necklace. That's like not cool. What the French? That's how she talks, man. 
For sure, but it, it's morning. Yes. And they look like they have a lit-looking breakfast platter going. Yeah, no, that food looks nice. It looks like better than the last few hotels. Yeah, you wake up, it's in. like, dude, this looks like a friggin' awesome breakfast platter. Yeah. Get some grubs on. And I could, and at the time, I thought this was a good thing because it's going by fast, but it's because there's so much bullshit to come. Literally, they wake up, have a couple seconds of them putting on seconds of them putting on makeup, then a couple seconds of them meeting, and then boom, we're outside with the yeah. note. And a talking head and Natasha talking about how it's now quiet that Marcia's God. Yeah. And Marcia is just not getting hammered and being wild and stuff. So the note basically says, Did you write it down? There was nothing to write about. Literally, Ashley said they're going to St. Louis. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, that's literally it. what A Bob said. There was no note. She's like, We're going to St. Louis, Missouri. Where's St. Louis, Missouri? Yeah, because Great. She- <laughs> Because Farrah doesn't know where it is. Yeah, they're going to St. Louis. Then Farrah Ashley. I thought it was Farrah. I wrote Farrah. It could it be Ashley. either or. Because they look the fucking same. Yeah, one's fucking blonde and got I, big titties. The other's blonde and got big titties. I think Farrah might have bigger titties. One's mean. The other's mean. <laughs> one's tan. The other's slightly less tan. And I think they both have tattoos. Yes. Okay, well, I can tell. Well, one... Ashley, she has a like a half sleeve and she's skinnier. Yeah. yeah. Fair is a little bit thicker. Fair is a thicky. Okay, so Ashley talks shit about Natasha. And by the way, I hope you guys thought it was funny the last four episodes where we mentioned how Ashley and Farrah keep talking about how Natasha looks and sounds like a man because that is about over half half her dialogue this episode. It's so dumb, too, because she's talking to Natasha and she's like, I'm so tired of her. She sucks this and that. But in the footage on the bus, she's not doing anything annoying. She's not doing anything bad. Actually, they're having a pleasant conversation. But in the talking head, she's like, I am so sick of Natasha. She sounds like a dude. <laughs> she's just like, she's so, like, when she starts talking, I keep thinking Brett's here. I'm like, oh my God, is that Brett? Oh. Natasha has a deep, I was about to say manlier voice than Brett, but then I realized, fuck. That's not a slight on the you, Natasha. That's a slight on Brett. Even Farrah, too. She's just like, ugh, her man voice. Is she, a, I'm wondering, is she a what woman? The her I'm, man voice. I'm wondering, is she a woman or a woman? That's what she says. Whatever. Then we get to see Brett playing sad guitar and admits that these, these chicks, nothing's happening. Oh, my God. Yes, it's great. We cut to Brett being a sad boy. Ain't that fucking cathartic when we're talking about <laughs> Brett and it's great. And I often said... During Rocks of Love 1 and 2, that Brett as a person is a decently self-aware guy. And the show itself is decently self-aware. I was kind of memeing when I was like, I think it's a deconstruction of reality shows. No, of course I wasn't being all that serious. But I do feel like the show is decently self-aware. And this proves it because it's a direct quote from Brett. Around this time on Rock of Love 1 and 2, I was at least feeling hot and heavy with a couple of these girls. But right now, it's falling pretty flat. And And I was like, lol. And I'm like, because this cast is god awful. And also the format kind of sucks too. Yeah. You'd actually think the bus thing would make it a lot more interesting. And maybe it would have been, but but the cast sucks. But it doesn't give Brett much social time. No, it gives him less. Yeah. Like in the house, at least they're like... They could bother Brett like yeah. he's there. He's on a tour bus. Yeah, he's on a tour bus. You can't just walk in and out His, of buses. Now, this isn't the fucking Fast and Furious. Now, maybe, maybe 
if a thing was like, okay, tonight I'm going to be on the pink bus, today I'm going to be on the blue bus, and then maybe after a while, once they get down low enough, they're like, okay, we're all going to be on one bus. So it's like, but no, Mr. Brett Michaels like, I need my my black, badass, four drive, four drive? My giant fucking tour bus. <sighs> But no, that was funny because he literally straight up says that, yeah, these girls kind of suck and I'm not feeling them. Yeah. Lol. <laughs> and that's great. And this is the season where he says, if this doesn't work, I'm done. <laughs> and this season's like, dude, nothing is happening. It sounds like the show wants to die. Yes. So they arrive at a strip club called Larry Flint's Hustler Club and freaking somewhere outside of St. Louis, St. Louis, Missouri. It's all fuck it. This strip club's out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. It almost seems sketchy. It's and, like, you got, like, freaking one bus, i.e. only, like, the freaking um, the blonde garage, as yeah. they're like, woo, yeah, oh, my God, we're going to hang out at a strip club. Oh, I bet the other bus is just, like, they're sweating in their boots, and then the other bus, you just got Beverly going, fuck, another strip club? <laughs> Are you serious? Larry Flint's Hustler Club, specifically. I don't know if it's the original one, but the Hustler name still means something to certain people. So there's that, I guess. Well, we're kind of far removed from a year of our Lord of 2009. Yeah, yeah. Bro, we were freshmen in high school. Fuck. Maybe, depending on when this came out, we might have been our sophomore year. Fuck. So they go inside, they meet Brett, and then I was confused at first because I didn't know maybe if Brett said it weird or if I'm just stupid, but here's what's going to happen. The challenge is he's going to bring out three ladies, and there's going to be three teams and each team has to give one of the three gals a makeover. It's Jimmy, Jenny, Jenny. Oh, it's oh. Jamie, Jenny, and Cammy who come out and as they Brett, fucking. As Brett go. puts it, or later in the episode, they look very frumpy. I wrote frumpy too here before he said that. This shit, they're they're they like, look like they crawled out of bed. They're like they look in, like it's their day off. Yeah, they're, they're in like casual clothes and everyone just like laughs at them because, you know, these are all a bunch of superficial big titty assholes. Yeah, like they're all like freaking wearing ridiculous bedazzled fucking looking clothes. And by the way, this and then sh- these ladies come out and like, oh, hey, we're like, you know, just actually chill and wearing comfortable clothes. This shit is the most like cliche, just manufactured bullshit thing because you can tell they didn't actually come dressed like this. It was picked out in the back, in a costume department, because they never dress like this again later. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. And like, no, it's so stupid. Like, you had the one gal who looked like a nerdy, like, librarian with, like, with, like, the, the, the long shirt that didn't hug her chest and the librarian skirt and big glasses. And then my favorite one, I think this might have been Jenny, she had, she was wearing, like, sweatpants and, like, a sweatshirt, but she had one leg of the sweatpant rolled up. Oh, not the other one, but one of them. I'm waving my hands. And I'm just like, I, I, I literally wrote here, I'm like, God, I hate Hollywood. Yeah, but, I, I can't remember like the other one. Fuck, I did I don't not. remember what Cammy looked like. I didn't, I yeah, didn't. I can't remember what Cammy looked like either, but we did get three teams for like the yeah. freaking ladies doing makeovers. And Brett did me a solid and actually named everybody this time. Yeah, so team one is Britannia, Natasha, and Ashley. Then it's Beverly, Mindy, and Kelsey. And then team three is just Farrah and Taya since yeah. there's not another person there. So the gimmick is each team needs a captain and then I guess whichever team wins, Brett goes on a date with the three so captains. So they establish ca- like the teams that are with three establish <laughs> Natasha as a captain and Mindy as a captain. 
Yeah. And Fer and Teo, they just kind of play rock, paper, scissors for who gets to be captain. Yes. Natasha's team gets Jamie, and Brett asks, can you make her hot? And Natasha's talking head says she's glad they got the least ugly one. Dude, it was kind of brutal. Then Beverly's team... These chicks were like trying to roast the fucking shit out of these women. Then Beverly's team gets Jenny, and Brett's like, help this poor girl. And then Taya and Farrah get Cammy, and then Taya says they all look hideous. And then I wrote here, I'm trying really hard to hold back my disgust. Because like, that... On top of the man shit with Natasha, never mind it being offensive in the year of our Lord 2021. Never mind it just being stupid. It's really stupid. It's really, really dumb. Like it's actually, it's actually, oh man. Yeah, because so, this episode was just fucking was a drag. Whatever. It's a bake-over challenge. Yeah. There's nothing to really highlight. I summed it up in three sentences. Yeah. No, five. So the makeovers happen. They kind of just happen. Only thing I got was Farrah wasn't doing shit. Yeah, she was just kind of fucking enjoying drinks and just like just enjoying herself. Then out of nowhere, Big John She's comes out. She's either the smartest or the shittiest contender, like competitor out of the bunch. Then one moment, John comes out, says, 10 minutes, ladies. And then five seconds later, one minute, ladies. I'm like, okay. Yeah, there was nothing to note. There was just like, oh, hey, we're watching women just fucking do makeover Am stuff. Am I Mandela affecting? Didn't it feel like in season one more, but even in season two, didn't it feel like they actually gave more of a shit about the challenges? They try to dramatize the challenge a little yeah, bit? Yeah, yeah. I mean, at least was, season two had that shitty talent show. Yeah, like, but this challenge was like, it kind of just was like, they did stuff. There was no, like, drama, no narrative of anything going on. Nothing yeah. like, you felt like struggle or stakes. Oh, no. The closest thing to drama was Britannia put on uh, eyelashes on the, or eyebrows on the other one. And Ashley's just like, she put them on way too freaking big and she looks like a hooker. That was the only drama that this episode had. Or at least in this, this challenge. challenge. Whatever. We're done with the challenge. Now it's It was over in less than two minutes. Oh, fuck yeah. So Jamie's up first. Brett says, me like. And he pervs Ooh, out. Oh, me likey. And he pervs out because I guess she's not wearing a bra. And I'm and I really, and He's like, I like them natural or fake. Don't matter to me. I don't think women should be wearing bras. Hi-yo. I guess bras are... I guess bras are uncomfortable. I was talking to good friend Moira and she's like, she was ranting to me when I, she's like, man, she's double D and she's like, man, having big tits sucks. I'm like, why? They're awesome. She's like, it hurts my back. I'm only like five, four. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> but yeah. And I wrote here, I don't, I'm not going to go into detail and describe their appearances. I'm just going to tell you this. They all look like they should have been in like filming music videos. Like Jamie looks like she's like going to film like a hailstorm worship band video. Then Jenny's out, and I wrote here, she looks like she's going to do a music video for her alt-rock band. And then Cammie, who Brett says is spinning on the <clears throat> stripper pole really, really fast. So he couldn't really get a look. But they show footage of her spinning, and it's clearly just sped up. And then I wrote, she looks like she's going to do a music video for her cool artsy swing band. And I'm just like, I'm not saying I preferred their old outfits, but I'm like... They just look like generic ladies from Hollywood. Yeah, so there's nothing to note. Like, Brett just literally pervs out on all three of them. Oh, you're giving sex, girl. He didn't say that. Yeah, he didn't say that, but freaking. So, Brett literally comes down to, I can't decide. So, you know what? 
you all win. I'll take the team captains out on a date. And it's like, what the fuck? And I wrote here, Brett seems way more into these ladies than the ones that are fighting for him. And then he decides to throw a monkey wrench. That's what he says. Yeah. And then I wrote this son of a bee says he's going to throw a monkey wrench. And he says he wants these three ladies, Jenny, Jamie and Jenny, Jamie and Cammie to join the tour. And what do I mean by join the tour? You're probably thinking, oh, they're just going to hang out. No, they're fucking, they're on the show now. Yes. He says this later. I think he says it right now. But this cast sucks so bad that he brought these three in on a whim to inject some life. And that's the thing. When he announces, oh, these ladies are going to join the tour, half the half the cast of the ladies are either like, woo, yeah, awesome. Dude, can't wait to, for you to join along. And, and gets, some are just, yeah. and then like, yeah, Beverly's like, what the fuck? <laughs> Why are these ladies coming on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This sucks. And, and then there's a moment where the ladies that were clapping realize, oh, wait a minute. They're coming with us. Oh. Oh, shit. Damn it. And then Brett gets pissed off because some of them were clapping. And Britannia gets super pissed. I don't remember if she ranted it's off It's a yet. little later. little later. Yeah, no, but she had a little bit of pissed offness in her talking head. But yeah. She's like, what the fuck? Brett says that um, he, Brett basically says, yep, this confirms that these girls aren't feeling it. They suck. And my feelings are a little hurt. Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> then Britannia, like I said, so then Britannia, a few others, are like, bruh, these bitches are ugly. I'm like, they're prettier than some of them. If anything, they, at least they look more like natural human beings. Yes, they do. Which to me, listen, I'm not going to lie. I was a teenager once, okay? Size J boobs are all, look awesome back then, but you get a little older and you're like, you know what? I, they look I, I, little, I want real. You want real. I want real. I mean, I won't say no, like, if, you know. All right. But now, since Brett, like, actually lit a fire under some of these chicks, A-Bomb or A-Bomb slash Ashley goes to yeah. Brett's bus and voices her frustration. This was fucking... I also, for some reason, wrote down, in a crystal river, she cries a river. Like, you know, she's crystal in Crystal river. Like, no, she has two personalities. She and her talking head acts like a fucking mean hard ass, or she just goes like, I'm going to spit on your dick and call it a blowjob. <laughs> But then here, she just comes up like, I'm so upset, Brett. What is going on? Yeah, the catalyst for that is she's chilling with some po folks. And then Tasha's like, honestly, it hasn't even really set in that this is like a competition because I'm just down to make friends. And then that's when she goes to Brett's bus. And I wrote here, all of a sudden, she's they crying. This is a competition. Wait, have they watched the fucking show? Yeah, she said it didn't set in It was a com and that it was a competition like. I guess she didn't have the mindset. And the other ones are kind of like that, too. They're just like, yeah, we're, it's just a chill time. Season one and two, you felt like those bitches were competing. Yeah. There's a point you realize, dude, there's like some fucking people might be die. <laughs> Not really. Taya Ta Ta took a bump, though, last episode. That's yeah, for sure. for sure. But yeah, and I wrote here. Then all of a sudden she starts crying. I typed like eight question marks. It's like, she's just like, I just don't know. I'm confused. I'm not here because it's fun. Blah, blah, blah. I'm not here. I'm here to get to, to know I'm you. Like, Shut the fuck up. I don't believe you. And then I don't know what they started talking about Natasha. You, if you look at the edit, it, it kind of just seems like they kind of just out of nowhere put it in. Uh -huh. They do a horrible Natasha dude edit yeah. where they freaking got Natasha and they put a beard on her. Yeah, yeah. Because Farrah's like, I think Natasha's a man and her birth name was Nathaniel. Have you ever noticed she always wears skirts and tutus? It's to hide, Have you ever seen her in jeans? It's to hide the bulge. 
Yes, because Brett's going to be threatened that she has a bigger bulge than him. He probably would. <laughs> like, he would. I'm not, I don't think Brett would say no to a lady boy. Yeah. But I think he would if their dick was bigger. But here's the thing. Brett likes this initiative from Ashley. Yes. She likes that she's actually frustrated that he did this. And he literally, I think he, well, he literally says, he's like, you know what? Fuck all the other ladies. I'm going to want to talk to you. I'm going to do something yeah, special for you. It's funny because that's what he says. He's like, he's like, yeah, you know, you're, he basically says, yeah, you're the only one that kind of like really feels like you give a shit. And there's the only one that actually went up to this fucking bus <laughs> and talk to him. Yeah. Yeah. But just like the crying thing pissed me off because it's just like, I just didn't believe it. You know, she's got the tears. She's like, I just don't know. What I'm like, shut up. You couldn't get a job acting in porn. Wait, actually, she could. Because you know what would get her into porn? It's her tits. Her titties. And up till now, that's been her only personality trait. It's the fact that she's got big boobs and she's blonde. And would spit on your dick and call it a blowjob. Yeah. I was gonna. I did. I did write here how uh, her personality has been all that. She's all just like, "I'm hot. I'm hot. I'm hot." And I wrote here. I was gonna there's yell. Literally, there's like Ashley only has two things of personality: yeah. either fucking crybaby cries a river, yeah, or spits on your dick and calls it blowjob. I, I did write here that she's a vapid, sentient walking sack of meat and juice with no personality. And I wrote, fuck you in all caps. But I think that's probably a better Also, way. Brett thinks it's hot that she's crying a river. Okay. Did I misunderstand that? Cause that's what I thought. He's, he says it's not a good thing that she's crying, but it shows me she cares. So he's kind of glad she's crying. I think I wrote it down. I guess I, I wrote it down. So I, he might've said something where I was like, okay, he's just like, yeah, cry on my penis. We'll use it as lube. Hey, I gotta take a quick piss break. Okay. So we will be back. We're back. All right, let's get back into this. So to summarize... We're talking about fucking Ashley, yeah, so, spitting on his dick. Well, not so yet. To, so to summarize, Brett's basically like, yeah, no one seems into me and it hurts my small pee-pee, but you seem like you care. So kiss, kiss, all's okay with the world. Because I guess fuck me, right? So Ashley and Brett... Here's the thing, though. That conversation we talked about, they get like three fucking minutes of screen time dedicated to it. Like, they talk for a while. Yeah, they for sure do. Like, Brett and Ashley. And he even says this is the first time he's seen emotion from her. Like, she gives a shit. Which... <laughs> That's the first time we're seeing emotion out of her and her giving a shit. Uh, so, so yeah. the new ladies now have talking heads. Yes. So they are established that they're actually going to be on the road with them. I was upset when I saw how they how how Cammy's name is spelled. Because I wrote it in here. Because they didn't show us before this. I wrote a K-A-M-M-I-E. No, it's K-A-M-I. Because of fucking course it is. Well, I just wrote down Jamie as a vibe. Because fuck me, dude. Yeah, fuck you for trying. <laughs> no, Jamie was Jamie was the black-haired one? Yes. Yeah, she seemed... The, like, they all seemed... They all seemed cooler than the other ones, but Jamie was probably the one I vibed with most. Jamie's of. the one that had a little bit of life in Like, had energy in her life. Yes. Cammie and Jenny seem a little bit more reserved. Jenny seemed... Like, they had yeah. more life than, like, A-Bomb in Talking Heads... But that's not a very high threshold to go over. That's a low threshold. That's a very low threshold. So the date is he's going to take, uh, who was it? Natasha, Farah, and Kelsey. Mindy. Mindy. Uh, river boating. We're just, they're going to hang out on a riverboat. Yeah. So it's kind of nice. It's this big fat riverboat named the Tom Sawyer. And I was like, oh man, that makes me miss in this order Disneyland and then New Orleans. <laughs> um, well, they're hanging out in the South now. Yes. So Brett. They might be on the Mississippi. 
I think the Mississippi's fat. You can see it. I remember the times I visited Chicago because the Mississippi runs through there. You, you can see it. It looks like an ocean. Fuck it being a river. It looks like an ocean. Yeah. So that's a trip. But yeah. So yeah, Brett vents to them. He's like, I feel like no one's really connecting with me. There's great party energy, but that's it. He said they feel like friends. This is rock of love, not rock of freaking friends. Yeah, they feel like friends, but not romantic partners. Well, he didn't say it like that tastefully. He said he said friends with benefits because, you know. Friends with benefits. Sex. Sex. Brett Michaels. So Brett has one-on-one with Mindy and nothing really happens. They like talk and they make out and it seems like. We don't get much dialogue of how they establish connection, and Mindy but it's said, a little something. And Mindy says, it really feels like that there's some chemistry here. And I'm like, no. We weren't presented Not to that. me. We weren't presented that, but like, Brett got to make out with you. If so. I kissed him right now, would no. that be chemistry? No, that'd be weird and awkward, and you probably we probably wouldn't want to talk to each other for a while. I'm like, why? <laughs> that'd be the thing that... Not, not, like, not, like, not like good friend Jake and old friend Brian. Remember that? Yeah, no, I'm like sitting there like, I'm like, what the fuck do we go from here and talking to it on the podcast? <laughs> That's where I'm like cringing at. Okay, so. Whatever, they thought it was cute to like, oh, we're going to spend an evening kissing each other a lol. And it's like, this is weird. Why are you guys doing this? And it's really weird because it's like the afternoon, right? And then they cut, a, if I remember right, yeah, they cut away for a bit. And we're, I'm going to talk about that. But when they come back, it's like nighttime now. And but whatever. So the three new girls are hanging out and they're at the hotel and they're like, man, I got no idea what's going on. I'm just chilling. And they try to say hi to everybody. But then they get a really icy reception. And then Britannia goes fucking nuclear. (laughs) This is also where I found out because I think I like Googled up Britannia or something. No, I was Googling up fucking Rock of Love. Mm -hmm. And then I like saw like the cast and you see a mugshot of Britannia and then you mug pull shot? it up. Yes. Yeah, like a TMZ mugshot where I think she got arrested. And then it's like, you find out, Britannia's from Oxnard. I'm like, yo, 805, what up? Oh, fuck. So she goes nuclear and shows me what Oxnard ladies get the fuck down. <laughs> 805, bitch. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's funny. When you came back, we were talking about we were talking about Terror and Nails, Oxnard bands. and I wouldn't call Terror an Oxnard band. They're more LA. Part, well, yeah, you're right. But I think Nails is one. Yeah, but fucking the singer, Scott's from like back east. Still, though, the point. Because had another band. I think it was called Buried Alive. Wasn't that someone else or was that? No. I know that's a band, but I thought that was someone else. Yeah, no, but Scott had another band before he did Terror. So the point is, she looks like she's going ham at a hardcore show. She's like, oh, really? fuck you up, you ugly ass fucking bitch. She, this I is this is not the freaking Latino club on a Friday night where some peeps had some drinks. Well, that does happen. But um, but yeah, and then she and she's not just threatening. I think it's Jenny. She's not just threatening her with violence. She's I threatening, she's threatening Cammy. Yeah, it was one of them. She's threatening all of them. And she's, she is. She's literally getting upset over nothing. Like I what? I watched the point of contact when of ignition when she like got upset and I'm like, what the fuck? Why'd she get upset? I don't get it. She's just like, okay, she's upset about them being here, but like, she's like, like you're getting all you're getting all up in my fucking face and you're getting a fucking attitude and then get a fucking attitude and then just here for fucking TV time and then the other like (laughs) seem like you guys don't really fucking care for Brett and then the other gals are just Uh and the other gals are just sitting there like. No, we just got here. You fucking bitch! Yeah, it was... Fucking bitch? I ain't fucking scared to leave the fucking show. I'll fuck you up. That's a plot point. That's right down, yeah. Get the fuck down. Then 805, Br- bitch. Then, 
<laughs> then Brett and Natasha get some time together and Farrah gets cucked. La Mayo. Brett says he likes Natasha's honesty and humor. And then he tries to ask if she's a man because after he's, Ashley. He's doing that in a talking head. Yeah. They edit in that he's like questioning that if Natasha is a dude because they're very, very like they're totally having more of a broship than a romance. More of a bromance than a romance. At least he has fucking chemistry with somebody. Yeah, and Brett admits, like, you know what? I think of her as a super cool friend. But then, like, he wants to ask if she's a dude. But then, like, a bug, like, flies off and Natasha gets sketched. And then Brett's like, I I kind of bitched out. And he says, but she is scared of bugs, which is a very girly thing. So, yeah. And I wrote here, this has to be the stupidest thing on this show ever. Yeah, whatever. And then the date's kind of over. Farrah doesn't get any fucking one-on-one time. Yeah, that's why Brett. I wrote That's why I wrote LaMeo. She got cucked. Bruh. So then Brett goes back to the hotel, and he wants to talk to the new girls. Then Beverly, being civil, tries to come up and ask Brett, you know, what's up with the newbies, and then some other gals joining, and bro, Brett cuts a fucking promo. Yes. <laughs> He basically says, he's like, you guys all, I'm paraphrasing, you guys all suck, and if I was competing for one of you, and you brought on three other people, I wouldn't have been fucking clapping. That's what he says. Yeah. I wouldn't have been fucking clapping. And shit. He's like, I don't give a fuck who it is. And yeah, he's like, and then then Taya tries to be like, well, speaking for me personally, and then Brett just shuts her down. He's just like, you guys all suck. I'm going to bed. I'm going to bed. (laughs) Good night. Or does he? So what happens? Well, Brett's like, well, Big John comes into the hotel room now. Presuming an hour or so later. Who knows when? Who knows? But yeah, Big John comes in and asks for Ashley to come with them. So they go to Brett's bus. And Ashley comes in because she's scared. She's like, ooh, why is Big John asking for me to talk to Brett? Uh, Did I do something wrong? She comes into the bus and Brett has an acoustic guitar and she does. And then he starts like, I'm going to play you a song. She realizes, oh, he just wants to play me a song. Cool. And then they totally bone you guys. That's what's implied. Like Brett plays her a song. She seems not too impressed at all by the song. But I guess like they friggin then they go back to the bus so she can spit on Brett's fucking three inch dick. (sighs) So Brett could hate boner. I'm going to rail you. (laughs) No, you're not. You can't rail me. Oh, 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 yeah. You want to fucking try me? Mm, You're a little bitch. You're a little bitch. Uh, So (laughs) that's that's Ashley's personality. That is. So then that happens. And like I said, totally bone you guys. Like, And then like back in the hotel room, Beverly realizes, dude. Why has Ashley not come back? What's going on? It's like, was she making out with Brett? Yeah. Like, what? They're having totally, they're having sex, you guys? Having sex. And I'm like, have you not watched this goddamn show? (laughs) He makes out with all of them. Makes out with all of them. Bones at least a quarter of them. Yes. And apparently that four-way in season one really did happen. Or that's implied, you guys. Implied, you guys. So, yeah. And then Ashley comes back and she gets in the bed with Farrah. Pursuing like later in the evening. Into the, the evening. early like in the early morning. And you know, they're they're talking and giggling and then you know Ashley's like doing the that that shit girl too where she's like biting her index finger, she's all giggly, and Farrah's like, Oh my god, you're so guilty. And I wrote here, you know, minus the fact that they're complete bitches, their broship is strangely wholesome. Yeah, they totally bro- They actually felt like pals. Yeah, I know, and then like Friggin' Farrah's just like, you know, not pissed. He's like, I wish I was there. 
to participate participate or like videotape it yeah for future pleasures uh, later Uh bro here what is it with this show and like having having hot yes do you vaguely lesbian bro ships between two blondes i don't know but freaking i'm sure you just want to videotape brett trying to rail her her trying to just diss brett you want to know going hard and maybe brett might end up being a three pump chump you you want to know i think that's like a hilarious video You want to know what how I think Brett does the sex? I think he he gets on. Uh, I think he gets on top and he's like, oh, oh, it's like, wait, hold on, oh yeah, wait, hold on, hold okay, on. well you know, just get on top, uh huh, yeah. Um, he has a sex tape. You can go watch it yourself. Oh, that's right, he does. Hold on, let me look that up. Yeah, I know. I forgot he did that with Pam Anderson. Yeah, keep the audio. I don't need to hear fucking like. Weird sex noises going on in the fucking podcast. What the fuck am I doing? I don't want to watch Brett's sex tape. Yeah, what the fuck are you looking up? Again. Z- Again. I was curious one night, okay? You're like, I'm curious. And you watch, it's like, why you know the hell I watch funny? Uh, you know how on YouTube, the version has that watermark on the side and you can see Brett on the right-hand side? I, my mom came in and I was like, man, if he wasn't wearing a bandana, you would think Brett's one of the chicks. Which isn't a bad thing. It's just like... I don't know. He keeps trying to put forward this image of like total masculinity, but it's like, bro, why are you still wearing eyeliner at age 40? But anyway, so it's the morning. Everyone wakes up. Two notable things. One, the three the three new girls are given jeans and a letter saying it's almost time for their date. And second, I never noticed this, but Beverly's hair is dyed lightly purple. Yeah. I, I, for whatever reason, I couldn't really see no, it, no. but she's standing there. No, and it the seems sun... like this episode, there's a little purple thing going. Yeah. I don't recall in other episodes, but yeah, yeah, I saw it this episode. Yeah, it looks nice. Yes. Beverly's but, nice. So the new ladies hop in the limo and friggin' they actually have a fucking actual conversation that's yeah. actually showed us with personality. Yeah, I know. Friggin' like they're all like stoked to actually be there and talk to Brett and stuff. At least Jamie, dude, she's all up in Brett's personal oh, space. Oh yeah, she's on his right, got his hand on, got her hand on his knee. Yeah, and then they like also told about like, yeah, so Britannia tried to go 805 on us, bitch, like friggin' last night and stuff, ready to fucking beat the shit out funny of us. <laughs> and it wasn't scared to like get out, like to be kicked off the show. Which funny line from Brett, he says, she's upset. That could be a good thing. But then when they mentioned how in her anger, she said she doesn't care if she goes home. He goes, that could be a bad thing. <laughs> yes. So they go to Flamingo Bowling and they go bowling. And I'm going to say it. It's a fucking good idea for a date. Bowling's awesome. No, the thing is, like, we actually have a good date this fucking This one. is a better date than he took the actual contestants to. Like literally, the riverboat date was kind of neat, but like, but like here it's like, oh, they're enjoying themselves. Yeah, they're having fun. They're, they're actually laughing. talking. They're laughing and they're talking. Ex- ex- freaking exchanging personalities. Yes, they're actually like, bro, why is this fucking date good? Why is everything else sucked? What is up with this goddamn season? Because this cast is god awful. I'm sorry, I know I peaked, but no, I just I this, this 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 dude. Cast I got a limiter. It fucking like. Well, <laughs> yeah, that's right. So the date ends. I'm not like some shitty podcast where it's like, all right, we're going to just like have it hello. We're going to have it hello. Only like one or two mics. It's like, yeah, dude. Yeah, dude. Yeah, dude. Yeah, dude. Or like some of those podcasts that record on Skype still. Yes. And you can hear it sometimes in the audio. Like obviously, if you want a podcast, just fucking get on it. Like, yeah. that's the best way to do it. But like, here's the you first thing after a minute, you would establish better equipment. Here's an you idea. You seem pretty committed to it. Yeah. Here's an idea. For the first step is get someone who wants to do a podcast with you. The second step, make sure it's someone that lives near you and you can meet up because yes. that will help the quality. 
Yes. If you're over 30 episodes, maybe start like working on your audio, improving yes. it. So the date ends and then not we just like, oh <laughs> hey, we're in a fucking untreated ass room and only one mic. And I was like, huh, oh, yeah, giggly. Oh my god. And like one person's actually on the mic, and another person's like a mile away. Yeah, like good friend J- uh like good friend uh Commander Stiff and the other guy on the Comcast special. Yeah, I know. We're freaking like he was like talking like this, and I'm like, I'll just like, well, that was a fucking train wreck. One, it was hella, like, late in the evening. Two, like, I got my, like, friggin'... Trying to think. I had my... Yeah, no, I had my external hard drive jack, so I didn't have all my presets set up. That's right. I didn't have a template, so I had to start from fresh. But, hey, I got something going again. But that's yeah. me. All right, what the fuck... Oh, yeah, back so on the, the bowling date, date. So the date ends... It goes well. Yes. It went really good. We cut to Brett. I'm really, and it's kind of disgusting how bad this cast is. <laughs> Brett, we cut to Brett working out, which I think is funny. It's the next morning. He's getting his pump on and yeah. his weird track pants. He's just doing, um, he's oh, doing like, yeah, what he's, are those called? The things he, he, he's, he's doing rows. rows he's doing, yeah. he's doing rows. I don't think he was doing it correctly, but what do I know? Who I fucking cares? Well, he could hurt his back. And then Britannia pops up in a deadly ass dress. Oh yeah, this thing was dangerous. I don't know. I don't know. I don't even know if that counts as a dress. It was something. Where'd she get that? And yeah, I'll admit Britannia is kind of a babe. No, she is a babe. She's like porn star hot, but it's not like generic porn star hot like Ashley and Farrah are. Maybe it's because of certain superficial qualities. I just know Britannia is definitely hotter than them. Yes, but but so the uh, so she's in a talking head. She admits she's kind of shy, which I find is a little bullshit. But well, that's what Brett says. She says she's kind of shy in one aspect, but then she seems she's pretty freaking. Um, and according to the way this is edited together, she says next to nothing. Literally, Brett's just like hanging out. She's just kind of sitting there in her like hot dress, and Brett's like, "Hey, can you like say something? Like, I heard you were like kind of going off, and it's like." Come on. Like, you don't need to be shy with me. And she's just silence. And it's like, bruh. And then she finally talks about why she, like, popped off on the chicks and stuff. But even then, now it's just Brett just going, like, great. Like, she looked all hot, but then it's like Brett tried to have a conversation with her, and it was just awkward silence. Death TV. Death TV. I literally felt parts of me, like, not being alive watching this. And then she also admits that freaking there isn't too much of an emotional connection between her and Brett. <sighs> yeah. Great. Great. So now it's elimination. Thank fuck it's eliminations. So right away he saves the new three, which I was happy about. Oh no, they actually had a good date. <laughs> and all the ladies are like, oh, one of us has to go home. It's like, how about you guys don't suck? This isn't... No, like, obviously, Brett didn't take him bowling. Like, yeah. they had an easy, fun date. This isn't like when London came back to Daisy of Love and Flex and 12-Pack were legitimately just better than him in a lot of ways. But these chicks came in, this established cast we've seen for four episodes now, and they just... Brett says it. He's just like, I have fun with them. This they're cast cool. blows. And like he thinks they're hot. And all these other chicks are like, these are like ugly ass bitches. But I'm like, yeah, but they're cooler. And Brett wants cool. Yeah. He doesn't need a poster. A physical <laughs> poster. Yeah. You're not gonna be his next you're not gonna be his next uh, every rose has its thorns, okay? I know. 
You mean shockingly, he might be past that. Yeah. Shockingly. A little bit. Emphasis on the shock. So now it's elimination time. And after he saves the three, the first person he saved, there wasn't really much banter, if I remember right. Yeah. So friggin', the first one's A-bomb because she spit on his dick. Mindy. Then Taya. Beverly. Kelsey. Farah. And then next, because it's between Natasha and fucking uh, Britannia now, right? And I'm like, bro, this is a no-brainer. Get rid of Britannia. She didn't talk. She's nuts. She's crazy. She didn't say anything to you, really. You and Natasha hit it off. You guys seem cool. And it's a no-brainer. Right? No. Wrong. No. 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 Apparently, it is a brainer. Apparently, it's mental fucking gymnastics to Brett because he sends Natasha, Natasha home because fuck me, dude. Yeah, fuck you for Brett. paying attention. <laughs> fuck me for trying to enjoy this shitty show. Yeah, fuck you for trying. If Beverly goes next episode, I'm actually going to call you and be like, do we have to finish this? I can get another co-host. No, this is my sh This is my show. No, this is it's our show, but it's my. you get it. Yes. Yeah, no. So he saves Britannia and he's like, Natasha, we got real good friend energy, but I don't know. I didn't even care. Yeah. This is literally just friend energy. And then, yeah, Natasha is sent home. And then the credits, we have A-Bomb and Farrah kind of complimenting each other on how hot they look. Fuck this episode. Whatever. Next one's Mud Bowl. And usually those episodes don't suck yeah. for the first half. Usually. Like, after the Mud Bowl, that's friggin' uncharted territory. We don't know what's gonna happen there. Yeah. So, Mud Bowl. Cool. Cool. We get to talk about football. Fuck the show. Yes. And honestly, fuck us. Because we were like, you know, let's try this podcast thing again. You know what we're gonna start with? Brett Michaels. It's like, okay. We took a two-week break, went back to Brett Michaels. We we took a break for like a fucking year almost. And it's like now we're back to Brett Michaels. I'm like, bro, can we have taken another two years? No. Nope. I would have rather gone through the Steven Seagal discography. Hey. Filmography. We're, we're done with what I presume is episode five. Yeah. Fucking called. Oh yeah. Eight is not enough. Ha ha Because it was an old television show and yeah. I think you get it, but just in case someone else does. James, James is just flop flat flaxing his hand flaxing. Yeah, flaxing. I don't know what's going on, man. Yeah, no, the show kind of sucks, so but we're gonna finish it. Hopefully it's great radio. I don't think you I don't know if you have anything else to say or you want to talk about. No, I already yelled enough. You know, I'm going to take a quick piss break. We're going to check what we're going to listen to next time with oh, the yeah. 1001 albums. And then, yeah, give me one second. All right, then. What does the book say we're going to listen to? Do your do your tune, okay. your jingle. So according, to, so according to this, it's going to be... Hold on one second. Let me you got to do... Oh, I got to get to the right page. Otherwise, it throws off the equal the equilibrium. Okay. Left... Right, forward, back, triple D on the attack. I got a picture of an iPod. That means nothing. Hold on. Let me just uh, do that. Led Zeppelin. Which one? The first one. Oh. Okay, I guess we we're listening to Led Zeppelin's the first one. God damn it. What, you hate it? I've never been a big Led Zeppelin fan. Neither have I. Yeah. Oh, no, but I had to fucking listen to goddamn Sinead O'Connor, and I can't tell you I was no fan of that. 
Well, it'll be interesting because I've never actually listened to the full album. I've heard most of the songs Whoa. off it. Because we live in an area that for like 30 years, at time at five, get the lead out on KZOZ. Yeah, so we're going to see how Led Zeppelin does. I'm sure better than Poison. Well, no shit. Hopefully. All right, I'll let you put the book back and then we will say our salut. Thank you, listening homies. This was the Dr. Death Danger radio show with their host, James and Edward. I hope you have a good one. Adios. Same.